When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizier. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizier. with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcasts at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. In that number, this is episode 156. Um, another week and yet another loss. This time an embarrassing 3-0 loss at Brentford. Uh, I think the white flag is well and truly waving now. Once again, we've all, we're have all we all suffering and just wish this miserable season would end. And It's going to be difficult today. And, and I want to change things up a bit because nobody wants to hear a recount of that game and so today I, I want to discuss your thoughts and, 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 you know, on this current crisis the club has found itself in. Um, and I heard from a few of you over the last day, well, since since the Brentford result. So we'll, we'll go through those and, and then we'll have a chat about the next loss at home to Liverpool on Tuesday the 17th. Uh, but before that, uh, let's bring in Tim to go through this pain with me. Uh, incidentally, no Kevin today. Um, unfortunately, he's on his holidays still. So, um. We'll see him again uh, very soon. Uh, but Tim, forget about the football for a second. How are you doing? Uh, you know, I am excited. It is a few days, and I'll be in the UK, and we're, we can hang out together. That is cool. That, that that's a good. That, that's good for this um this whole crisis at the moment. That, yeah. That's a plus. We, we, you have a shoulder to cry on, and we have sh- mutual shoulders to cry on as we get pummeled by Liverpool next game. Yeah, we can we can all hold each other. It's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, and now you can let rip about this team, um, constantly finding new ways to make our lives miserable. But how, how are you about this whole situation? So, I mean, there's just a there's a whole lot that we want to uh, that you want to be able to talk about, but. Uh, you know, top-down approach and just kind of a for if you're a neutral, you're going to look in and say, "Wow!" Outside of like a couple good spells, Ralph's been shit for the last three years, and then two nine-zero losses, and uh, you know, why aren't you changing? What do you do? What, why is what's going on with that? But we as Southampton fans who are really immersed in it know that there's there's a lot more that goes into it. One is the investment in the club, Gao now being out. Uh, we'll, we have new owners, so that's an opportunity going forward to think about. Um, but retroactively, Ralph's kept us in. That's the biggest thing, and that's kind of where we are at as a club. So beyond the players, uh, there's also then, is the players best for the system? Um, are we set foot with the type of system that we have? And then last but not least is, do we have the emotional and mental capabilities to push past what is a lot of p- 
content issues that we just have as a club. So a lot to wrap up and kind of seeing that as a, as a top down approach. I don't know where we go from here. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to stick to this Brentford game as a whole has, but you know, I mean, I felt a lot better before the Brentford game as we all did. And now this has happened again. You just seem to be thinking, right, you're not taking this Brentford defeat. You're, you're taking the season as a whole now. Uh, because you want this season over with, and you know, you know, you've got Liverpool at home, you've got Leicester away. You, you, you're looking at those, and you're thinking losses. Why wouldn't you? Um, but you know, since that three-one win over West Ham in the cup, that's eleven games, eight losses, two draws, that one win, scored eight and conceded twenty-eight. I mean, in total, twenty-six points from winning positions dropped. It is absolutely appalling when you look at it on a, you know, like that. That's not good enough, and nothing's changed. You know, scored eight, conceded twenty-eight. It's ridiculous. It's not good enough. We don't, we don't deserve this. You know, we, we, we shouldn't have to put up with this. And seeing nothing change, especially you know this 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 stage of the season, it's it's horrible. Fans want out, and there's a lot of fans that I've spoken to that are seriously not going to renew their season tickets next year because they don't want to pay. You know, upwards of four hundred pounds every year to watch this. It's just not fun anymore. So yeah, that's that's where that's where we all are, and we'll, we'll discuss like whether you want Ralph in or Ralph out, or whether you feel like we should give him more time, and and, and we'll hear from a, from a few of you as well that have messaged in. Um, but we'll do all that in a bit. We need to head over to the ITN news. This is ITN in that number news. Okay then, ITN news. We'll, we'll start with the news from Tino. Um, you, I mean, you, unless you're living under a rock, you all know that he's going to miss the remainder of the 2022 year, and with that ACL injury, uh, and apparently he's having the surgery next week. Um, but I guess that will be this week by the time this comes out. Uh, Tim, you, you touched on this a couple of weeks ago after the, uh, the Brighton game when he, when he had this injury, saying that you know it, we'll, we'll look at you know, to see how long it takes before the surgery can be put in. And I'm guessing this was down to you know swelling of the joint. Uh, yeah, just swelling ov- overall in the knee and the the catastrophicness of the injury. It can sometimes it can be less than a week that you're able to go in and get it taken care of, but for uh, for, for Tino, what are we looking at? Like two or three weeks now? Uh, that's mm. not as, not as positive. And I talked about how, um, that is a initial sign. Now we'll see what happens when the surgery, if it takes, and then any other lingering type of ailments that come from it. So we, we mentioned that there was an ACL and they mentioned that it's going to be out for the calendar year and that's seven months. So, what else is in the knee that's a problem. And they'll really won't be able to find out until they get in there and really kind of uh, be able to take a look at it. So you'll see a, a, probably a positive report that Tino had successful surgery and we look forward to having him back and as quickly as possible and he'll begin his recovery as soon as he can. But time will tell. We have to start looking at options for – this might be – this is where a loan – might be uh, for a year. Yeah, Ralph, right has, Ralph has said that he, he, he you know, wouldn't rule out bringing in a, another right back. I think that is probably the case because even if he is back, say in January or February, at what capability is he going to be? So we don't know that. We can't be. Uh, we can't be concerned. So we should be concerned about that. But I think the next, the next entire Premier League season, we shouldn't have. We shouldn't look to count on Tino. Um, and we'll, because you'll then see towards the end in March and April, if when he comes back, the, the explosiveness does he have, it's a, is the comfort level of getting back into it. Uh, and then the mental capacity to get back from such a serious injury. So to me, um, I think I reg- this is going to, you break the policy. Don't worry about age. If you want to bring in a 31 year old right back who's got a ton of experience, who can back up KWP, go for it. Um, we, we want, we, I think t- it's next season's a wash for Tino and we want to have that spot filled. And is Valerie the right person? I don't think so. I think Valerie is seen as a right center back and who knows if Ralph is gone, we don't. Yeah, that's another thing. Ev- I mean, it, everything you know, can change. Ralph, Ralph might not be here to make this decision. It might be on somebody else. So we, we, we don't know. We're, we just wish him the best and hopefully the surgery goes well. And, you know, I'm sure the news will be out 
uh, within the week of how his surgery went. Um, Tim, James Ward-Prowse got shortlisted for goal of the month. I guess nobody seems to really care about it now. You know, that free kick against um, against Leeds on the 2nd of April. Um, so, yeah, if, if, if you can be bothered, just go, go and vote if you haven't done so already. Uh, uh, did you watch the Players' Awards, Tim? Uh, no, I did not. No. I mean, it's hard to believe in a time like this that, that you know, the club puts on an evening of celebration and you know, nobody seemingly feeling like celebrating. Well, not the fans, anyway. Um, or indeed the first team, but I mean the the the, the, uh, the youngsters, the scholars, and the and the women, of course, they they deserve their evening. Um, I'll just go through the awards if you're unaware. Um, so the scholar of the year was won by Dominic Ballard, um, and the women's awards. Uh, the goal of the season was Kayla Rendell against Ipswich. Now she's a goalkeeper, so um, that that was a great moment and probably deserved. And I actually voted for that one as well because of the the, the opponent and the, and the goalkeeper and the the timing of the goal. It was just yeah a great moment. And the players' player was Lucia Kendall. The fans' player was Laura Rafferty. The first team then uh, the president's choice was Tino Livramento. Goal of the season was Prousey against Wolves. Rightly so, I believe that was a thunderous hit and it was kind of like knuckleball wasn't it a different technique to what he normally does um and players player was Prousey and uh, the fans player was Prousey so yeah he gets the hat trick um probably deserved I think he's been our best most consistent player throughout the season would you agree with them Tim yeah absolutely I could see why he would be that way uh re-signing that new contract uh, at the beginning of the season which is seems so long ago but he is Southampton through and through. His his face right now is the first person you think of when you think of Southampton. And to me, um, well-deserving for many, many, many reasons. Uh, he did have that three-game spell that he was out and kind of slow to get back into it uh, after the red card. Um, mm. So there's a, between the, the WPs, I think, JWP and KWP, um, those are our, our two real strong candidates for, that were for player of the year and JWP. Not a not a fault at all by picking him for everything that he's done for the club between just the leadership, the progression as a captain, and then the free kicks, goals, spot play, spot uh, set kick, set plays overall. Um, thank you so much because we wouldn't be here in this today without him. We certainly wouldn't be, and don't forget, you know, ten goals this season leads the leads the team in goals in all competitions. And yeah, like you said, if he wasn't in this team, we'd definitely be a championship outfit right now. Um, B team, though, they finished their campaign on a high. Um, since the last time we recorded, they played twice. They had a 4-2 win at St. James's Park over Newcastle. Uh, Tyler Dibbling with an incredible hat-trick, carbon copy hat-trick. I'm sure you've seen that as well. Um, and uh, Jimmy Morgan finishing them off. Uh, Dibbling, by the way, 16 years old, enjoyed his first training session with the first team, and then he earned a place on the bench against Brentford. So that's that's brilliant. I mean, 16 years old. I mean, what were you doing at 16, Tim? Because I certainly wasn't named as a substitute in the Premier League. Oh, my God. What was I doing as a 16-year-old? Yeah. I, was a, I, was a, I was a fucking idiot at 16 <laughs> years old, <laughs> let alone getting into a yeah, getting to Premier League bench. Um, I was just figuring out how, you know, trying to figure out how the human body worked at that point in time exactly. growing up and getting old. <laughs> yeah. So it's just incredible, brilliant. I mean, let's hope he can flourish next season in the, in the Bs and the uh, under-18s. And, yeah, hopefully his time will come soon. Um, their final game, uh, another northeast side, that was Sunderland. Uh, this time it was inside St Mary's uh, and a 1-0 win. Thierry Small getting the only goal of the game. He's had a good season for the, B, for the Bs, I think. So um, there's an option for him to come up next season. Um, yeah, so... Uh, congrats to the to the bees for turning their season around, really, because you know they didn't start so well, and they've re- they finished a respectable seventh, thirty nine points, and that's just three points behind Nottingham Forest in fourth place. So that was a good end to their season, and yeah, let, let's hope they can start a little bit better now and um and kick on next season. Um, congrats too to the under 18s who won their Premier League under 18 South Division, finishing their campaign with some impressive wins. They had a 5 0 away win at Reading, um, and then five days later, a 3 0 home win over Reading. Uh, and then Saturday, finishing in style at Staplewood with a 5 2 win over Chelsea. So, yeah, congrats to the under 18s, and I guess they just need to keep doing what they're doing. And winning the league with a four point cushion over West Ham, so that's good. Great, great stuff for them. Uh, and the women, of course, uh, you know, they 
everybody knows the finished double winners, National League South, and they won the National League Cup. That's in the cabinet. Uh, the last two results to catch up on then, uh, a 3-3 draw to Oxford. That's second place, Oxford. They uh, pipped Ipswich the last game. Um, Casey Rude, Phoebe Williams, and Rosie Parnell with the goals there. Um, and then the last league game of the season at home to Cardiff. Uh, a comprehensive 4-1 win. Casey Rude, Kira Watling, Megan Collitz, and then an own goal. That's a great game. You know, great, great celebrations. I was at that one, actually. I wanted to um, take the kids to, to the last game and celebrate with them. And that was a, an enjoyable occasion. Um, next up for them, OK, they're not finished. They've got that big game, the National League playoff, and the winners earn a place in the championship. That's the second tier. Um, and the losers go home. So, yes, uh, that's Wolves at Edgeley Park, Saturday, the 21st of May, 3 p.m. kickoff. Uh, couldn't be more behind them for this. You know, the, the team, they've been absolutely sensational. I guess, you know, it, it, would, it would be criminal if they didn't make this promotion now. So, yeah, best of luck to everybody there. And let's hope they can they can get to that championship. They deserve it. Tim, it's not all doom and gloom, right? There is light, see? Everything but the senior team. Yeah. Senior and men's team, that is. With, with that in mind, uh, let's get into Brentford then, shall we? Let's do it. Dean Hammond's here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. Okay, then. Brentford. <laughs> Four changes, Tim. Uh, Adams and Long out. Broyer and Adam Armstrong in. Uh, just by the way, the option of Broyer and Armstrong up front uh, has only been used on two previous occasions. And guess what? We drew blanks. There's a surprise. I'm um, Stuart Armstrong back uh, and Diallo in as well. That was a bit of a surprise, I must say. Uh, Teller and Romeo dropped to the bench. Tyler Dibbling, as previously mentioned, on the bench, which I'm convinced, right, Ralph put him in there as a way of telling his other guys, you know, look, if you're not pulling your weight, you know, there's plenty more off the production line that are all hungry. And, you know, they would do whatever I ask. Uh, but, Tim, was this selection satisfying for you pre-game, of course? Yes. Yeah, me too. Straight up, I think uh, Diallo, uh, good shout. Romeo, while he's been fantastic and plays um, and plays very, very well, um, he sits holding. He, he does all the dirty work. Uh, you'd think with Brentford, the game's going to be a lot more open. And what is one thing that Diallo has on Romeo? That's a little speed. And by little speed, it is speed. So seeing uh, Diallo in over Romeo, thought it was a great, uh, great, um, a, a great opportunity for him. Secondly, uh, Adam Armstrong, uh, people were clamoring for him, hoping for him get get some game time in, and he got it, and he was non-existent. Well, it's, I mean, he put like, the ball in the net. Yes, and I said on the Discord that that was great for his confidence so that he can immediately, you know, he is that snapshot type of guy. He's going to get out there. Make, we saw take that against hit. Villa, didn't we? Oh, yes. That was oh beautiful, beautiful goal. So seeing the snapshot, get out there, get the confidence, and I thought it would be, be great for him because you never know when the ball is going to bounce around, turn to him, turn and hit, and that's his, that's his style. But it could have been that. Broya didn't match up with Armstrong very well. The the runoff play, um, it, you know, at the beginning, thought it was a great uh, a great opportunity for him. Yeah, I, I guess I, I think um, I don't think Broya deserves to start at the moment. I think um, I would have gone with Shea and uh, and Adam Armstrong. But uh, um, Ralph's got a lot of haters out there before this game. <laughs> Uh, and one of them was the, his his treatment of Adam Armstrong and saying that you know he's not playing him enough and but you know you've got to back him he he did play him and you can't really say that he's grabbing his chances though he's not he's not doing enough so none of them really deserve to be starting do they they're not none of them are doing enough they're not scoring goals we're not creating enough and Ralph said before the game it's important to show our identity and be a good organised team. Well, we didn't do that because we can't defend. We can't create enough scoring chances. What what even is our identity now? Because I, I don't know. I mean, OK, but only three teams have created more chances away from home than us. Uh, but only three have conceded more, too. So what does that tell you? I just don't know where this team are. I don't know what direction they are. I don't know what their identity is. It's just a complete mess. Yeah, let's just see if we can provide an analogy on this. Uh, I would go with being a leaky faucet. You know, it's going to run. And you have sometimes to, you have to be... say a tap because nobody knows what a faucet is, really. 
Okay, so a leaky tap. Uh, no matter what, it's gonna leak and you just hope for the best on its, on its day. It's been there for a long time. It's been, uh, it's been around and it's good for you. Um, you know, you drink that water up and feel good, but sometimes it's just gonna keep running and it's gonna bring up your water bill and the last thing, it's gonna, just gonna keep causing you problems all the way through. That is a great analogy, Tim. I love it. <laughs> Tim, like I said before, I want to change things up a bit. So, in summary, we lost 3-0. Goals from Pontus Janssen, uh, Johan Visser, uh, Christopher, a, uh, conceded from a corner again. That's our fucking identity. That's what it is. We, we, we can't defend corners. Um, right, I've got that out of the way. 3-0. Firstly, I, w- I want to say congratulations to Thomas, Thomas Frank and Brentford. They've had a great season. Um, no one gave them a chance. Uh, they said they, that they didn't have a, you know, the squad to compete at this level. I mean, well, that just goes to show what great coaching and, that team mentality can, can get you where it can get you. Uh, you know, their heads aren't in the off season. They're not on the beach. They're still fighting for everything. Probably we're going to be safe anyway. Um, they're still not mathematically safe, but you know, they pretty much are. I mean, and in, in contrast, we haven't looked interested in weeks and, and I know it's a long shot, but we aren't safe. And if you have to rely on others, then you haven't done your jobs properly. It's simple. And, uh, so <laughs> Saints, Saints News now put this out. I'm sure you've all seen it on Instagram. Um, if Burnley pick up six points from the last three, Leeds pick up seven from the last four, Everton pick up eight from their last five, and we lose to Liverpool and Leicester, then we go down. I know it's not likely. It's a long shot. But, I mean, how did we get into this position? And we should we should be looking up and not even discussing these possibilities. But, hey, you know, here we are. Yeah. It's just been inconsistently – well, it's been consistently awful. So we've been inconsistent in our play. I mean, we had uh, – we, we parked the bus against Arsenal, a nice solid 1-0 shithouse of a win, uh, scraped out a, a point recently. And then after that, it's just been – we've just been asked. <laughs> um, yeah, the we're, disappointing we're, thing with it, Tim, is that when you're 1-0 up against Crystal Palace and – you know, I was at that game as well, and I'm sitting there thinking that whole of the second half, Palace are doing whatever they can here to get back into this game. Ralph's not changing anything. We're not doing anything. We don't look interested to get a second. We don't look interested in defending. There's only one team that's going to come out with all three points here, and it isn't us. And surprise, surprise, that's what happens. You don't do anything, you get scored on in this league. And that is what's disappointing, is that they can't see it, or Ralph cannot see it coming. And it's just like... What what are they doing? And then this game, they just didn't get going. Defensive errors, and you, 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 when you don't score enough goals and you're two 0 down inside 15 minutes, that's it, game over. You you can cry, weep, hoot and holler and say anything, but once, like you said, sometimes you know, recently he's made a few changes where he had three, you know, five at the back with their, with three center backs with Valerie on the right. You can't win. <laughs> He's done a few things differently. He can be seen as stubborn, especially with his on-field substitutions. We've seen this going back years, a couple years now. Um, something's got to change, and I don't know if it's mentality or the system. And I did want to talk about the system a little bit because seeing how we had 19 chances and what we created yesterday going forward um, – I don't think any of those chances outside of maybe one or two were truly uh, quality. I think that we are flat literally and figuratively going forward. Uh, once we get to a point where we establish the, uh, the presence in the final third, then we're just passing it around between the center mids and just kind of hoping maybe throwing a cross in with the end um, and hoping for the, hoping for the best. Uh, there, there isn't that break the seams. There isn't that push um, to make those quality chances. And then we're sitting for long outside shots or giving the ball away because we're poor in handling it. It's just, and then second, it's lack of ideas. It's what it is. It's just, they don't know. It's like in the palace game, they were hoofing the ball upfield and losing it every time. And then they were just having to sit back and let palace have a shot. That's what they were doing. And this one, like you said, just passing it amongst the midfield without actually creating a clear-cut chance. It's just that there's a lack of ideas. It's Sorry, go on, go ahead. You're going on to your second point. 
No, 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 no. That's absolutely right. And then second, uh, secondly, and people are shitting on Salisu and the dark. And I apologize for swearing so much. I feel it's only appropriate to, to share, vent your frustration. But, uh, with Salisu and Bednarik, I generally think it's them being left out high and dry. They are, there's a reason that they have the most interceptions in, you know, they're up there in the top five interceptions in the entire Premier League between the two of them. And they didn't even start all the games. And that's because literally the teams are, the team is getting exposed at the back. Now, whether you think that's by the pushing the, the, the fullback so far forward that when they're able to catch on the counter on the break that they're the last two back there and then they're the ones clearing the ball. Uh, for whatever reason or for how, what, however it's done, they've been exposed. And I don't like that. I think that they're getting a lot more flack than they need, but they also, they're not the best in the world at what they do. So Salisu has had complete times where he's been dominant, the Man City game earlier this season. Uh, I mean, he literally looked world class in that game. And after, the, and then Bednarik has had some solid games and he's had even four goal contributions this year. He's taken up where the, the Vestergaard role, uh, which, you know, the big guy, the header and, you know, knock it in and hope for the best. I, I think they're, I think we're leaky at the back because in the system, the, that's, that's a, one of the, the, so those are the two issues. We're, we're leaky at the back because the center backs are high on drive and we're flat going forward and we just can't do it. And so when you're, when you're, you're giving up goals and you're not able to score them, you're a relegation fodder team, which is what we've been playing like for the last since February. What's the solution, Tim? What do we do? Do we change managers and change the system, change the players? But what do we do now? What do we do in these next two games to stop us getting humiliated? It's wow. You're you're asking a loaded question here that uh, I'm not. I'm not Ralph. I'm not a. I don't have the expertise of understanding. Everything about it, but I've watched enough games and have enough history in playing soccer in my entire life that um, rec- recognizing that um, I think we are weak when it comes to disciplinary items. I think that our positional awareness is poor, and then I think that there's the true lack of creativity. Um, Armstrong has the ability to do some of that, but you're you're missing the fl- you're missing some flair, and that's hoping something we thought with Gineppo, but uh, he lacks so much discipline that he he's been completely dropped. Okay. Uh, right now, right now, what do I do? I, you you don't you stop you stop from other people from scoring. That's the biggest thing right now. Uh, you you can and just fix hope that. For a nil-nil. And just hope for a nil-nil or even a 1-0 loss and hope that Arsenal, who's 2-0 up now in the 11th minute, keeps pummeling leads and all the other teams don't necessarily push against us. And then hope for the best in the summer because uh, I don't. Th- people are saying Ralph in, Ralph out. I will definitively say I am not Ralph out now. But you see the next two games, I, I'd say it's an over 50% chance that he's going to be Ralph, uh, that's going to be Ralph out, uh, going into the off season. I think he's out. I think he's gone. If I'm honest, I'm not saying whether I'm in or out. I just think that's what's going to happen. All right. Let me pose this question to you, Tim. Um, Ralph, it, Ralph stays and it's new players or. Ralph goes with the same players. What has the best chance to succeed? It's who do you change? It's who do you change out? Yeah. Do, you, do we need new players or do we need a new manager? If we get new players in with Ralph, do we succeed? Or if we get rid of Ralph and keep the same players and bring a new manager in, do we succeed? Or is it just going to keep happening? Well, let's take the let's take the Leeds perspective here, and I'll use. I'm just trying to provide that as a. Example because they just got rid of Marcel Bielsa and to Jesse Marsh, who is similar and like-minded. And what has he done? Well, he's done about the same. So to me, when that's that's there now, that's one thing to be able to do at mid-season. It's another to do have an entire off-season to do that. Um, is somebody else going to be better? I don't know. I don't think that it. Anybody else can really do better than 45, 50 points with uh, with the club. It, you get a really mass uh, massive and push that Ralph, who in 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 months like February, who was potentially up for 
manager of the month at that point, um, can do it. And that's what's kept us in. And we've seen the flashes that allowed us the brilliance and, oh, we're talking, are we, you know, we're talking for a top 10 finish. We're talking Europa. I, I don't know. But the one thing I do think though with the club is that they have something set up that they know what their new manager is going to be coming in. They talk about Ralph retiring. I think that is going to be the key. Who is that person? Um, I don't know who that is, but do they want them in now? Do they want them in uh, mid-season? Is it someone tied or affiliated with the German national team, which is the the assistant coach right now over there? Um, he, there's the rumors, but he won't come through. He wouldn't come through us until after the World Cup. Do we want to dive in and use that as a as a mechanism of uh, where we're at? Okay, so where are we at the World Cup time? Then we get the manager and we get a new system in, and we have three weeks to go from there. Well, because you know you said about Jesse Marsh and all that, and and, and how. You, you get rid of a manager late on in the season and nothing's really changed. Let's take at Burnley. Look at look at them. Look at their situation. Um, another team that's struggling to stay in the, in the league. They get rid of Sean Dyche. Everyone's up in arms about it. And then they bring in Mike Jackson. Again, I mean, I even said on this show, what are they doing? This late in the season to get rid of a manager that's ground in as much as Sean Dyche and bring in somebody who's not done it before. Since they've got rid of um, Sean Dyche, they draw on with West Ham away. They beat us 2-0. They beat Wolves 1-0. They beat fellow strugglers Watford away 2-1. And they only just had their, their first loss yesterday. So it can happen. And we, I was one of them. I put my hands up and say, look, they, 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 you know, they shouldn't have done that. But it's worked for them. I'm not saying, look, let's go and get rid of Ralph now with two games to go and we're going to start winning games because it's, it's not going to happen now. But it can work. Yeah, it can. I think Burnley and Leeds are different. I use Leeds as the example because they play a much similar system to what we do compared to what Burnley does. Mm-hmm. Burnley is all about the rough and tumble, throwing elbows, causing, tr- you know, causing trouble, breaking things left and right, um, really, really, really hit you hard, whereas Leeds is, ru- is trying to run around you. Um, so that's why I would compare it. I think that's with, with Deitch leaving, they, they got what they needed with a kick in, kick in the rear. And with, there is no, he, they literally just gave, promoted their U23 coach to get out there. Mm-hmm. So they didn't change systems. They, they literally just got the kick in the ass that they needed. And they can do that by being even more formidable in their general basic line formation. I think us is, we're a lot more complicated and, I think that we the change would be similar to what Marsh would be to uh for Bielsa is Ralph is to ex staff member. Yeah, I mean I, I I think they'll stick with Ralph until until that loss at Leicester and then uh they'll they'll part ways at the end of the season. It, it we'll, we'll stay up and you know that'll be it. I th- I think his time will come. But you know I, I as I said I've I've, I've met, met we've had a few messages from people um I want, I put the feelers out there. Uh, to see what people would want, you know, whether they want it in or out, and, and just generally to discuss the situation that we found ourselves in and, and you know, their feelings and uh, t- towards it. Um, I'll start with, with Kev, because I've heard from the Moscow Mush. Yeah, I mean, I simply just asked him, are you Ralph in or Ralph out? And he's just said, yeah, he's in, you know. Uh, he, he thinks he's kept us up, you know, and he's earned himself another season, quite simply. That's that's where he's going. Uh Tim, you've had your say on whether you think he's in or out, and you're at the moment you're in. All I'm going to say is that I've never been more out than I am right now. But you know, I'm 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 happy to see him stay because I like the bloke. I really do. I really want him to succeed here. Um, but I do think his time will come in the off season. Um, so then, you know, I'll, I'll go onto the Discord, Tim, and you can um, you can have your thoughts on what some people, what some of these people have said. Incidentally, if you're unaware, I, um, the Discord it's a, it's a group chat and it's open to all. So if you'd like to join, you know, share your pain uh, for this club, then reach out to us and we'll get you in. Um, so I'll start in, in the Discord because there are most loyal fans. Um, we've got Grown Man Hassling or Alex, as he's known. Um, this is what he has had to say on the situation. Uh, I say this with a heavy heart that I am now fully committed to Ralph out. The positives have been some wonderful, giant-killing matches against City and Liverpool, but I'm constantly left baffled by his decisions tactically with starting lineups and with substitutions, which is crazy to say, given that, that those issues were a problem since he began at Southampton, and the excuse was he's adjusting to the Premier League. 
but I don't think that holds up after three and a half seasons. I see a pattern emerging that seems to be or repeating each season. You know, the slow starts, then gaining momentum and playing consistently well with some spine, getting fully embarrassed for a match, uh, then a tiny flicker of hope with a few good performances before the full collapse. To me, it seems like because of his tactical rigidity, the players are fatigued and maybe give up on the system. And we've been fortunate to see a change this season with some new ideas and systems, but those end up getting torn apart. I admire how much he's put in uh, to the club and this team and Southampton in general. I'm just out of slack to, to give him seeing the team go from having an identity to playing entertaining football to one that just seems to be running around like a chicken with its head cut off. So, yeah, that's what he's had to say on that. He does... Uh, go into more about uh, you know our saving grace has been being James Wood Prowse, which, which we've already mentioned. And but what do you think about this one, Tim? He, he's he, he needs to take over for Dan Sheldon with that uh, eloquent write-up that he just had. Uh, to me, uh, it's there. It's where people are becoming stale to the idea of what would be uneasiness. Now, if you're pushing say 50 points and you are a consistent 10th you know, 10th place finisher, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. But people, at least with us, we don't want to be scared. We don't want to feel that our livelihood as a Premier League team is, is out of the, is in the question. We want to be in the Premier League. We feel that we are a Premier League team. Are we going to be in Europe every year? Well, if you're realistic, your expectations is to push is to win the league. Obviously, that's always how it is. But if your realistic expectations are to say, we're going to try and push for Europa every year. Um, but if not, we finish 10th, we finish on 50 points. We have some solid season. We bring up the, you know, bring up the youth ranks. Um, and we are a classic team where we can, uh, you know, stay financially stable, push it all through more power. To, you know, that's great. But the state, the staleness, the 40 points, the scaredness, um, I, I'm, I, I could see why everybody and anybody here would be over 50% Ralph out at this point. Yeah, uh, thanks for that, Alex. It's great. He also said it's worth mentioning uh, putting those 9-0 losses under the microscope again. I, I think he's right. Uh, by contrast, we've got one from New Jersey, Scott, who's uh, riding with Ralph in still. Um, and he says, let's recall that Claude Puel was sacked less because of results and more because of style. Uh, Saints were not a particularly good watch and looked outmatched against the big boys. Uh, Ralph goes for it against everyone. Yeah, it gives you a chance 38 times, which is, is a very, very good point. Uh, he's got the results against the big boys to prove it. If the occasional battering is the other side of the coin, then uh, you know that, that gave us positive results against all the top seven teams, uh, say for Liverpool and Chelsea. Uh, then that first Chelsea game was highly competitive. Then I'll take it, you know. Uh, Ralph is constantly a victim of his own success. Saints beat Tottenham and Arsenal, and fans think they should be right there with West Ham. But it all depends on when you start keeping score. If we start at the beginning of the season, most thought Saints would be in the relegation scrap all year. I did too. Uh, but then after some good results, uh, people like myself even thought European competition was a possibility. But why is that? Why do they automatically think? I get that, yeah. Uh, because of Ralph's success, I refuse to believe that he's just got stupid after... Uh, sorry, and I refuse to believe that he just got stupid after Arsenal. Ralph inherited a team that looked destined for relegation, and they looked destined for relegation at the start of this season. They're not getting relegated. For all the instability with ownership and the lack of investment, Saints were not relegated, and they really weren't all that close. And that's despite replacing Danny Ings with Broya and Adam Armstrong, who have four more goals between them than Jan Bednarik. Clubs like Southampton need stability. If you think things can't get worse, take a look at Everton. Teams like Southampton can't just overhaul their rosters to fit the style of a new manager. Get it wrong, and like Everton, Saints will almost certainly go down. Ironically, for all the ups and downs that Ralph has, has, has had, he's bought stability. Uh, there's been tailspins before, but Ralph has always pulled Saints through them. I'll give him to the start of next season and try again. So, yeah, he's he's Ralph in. So what do you say to that, Tim? Writing things down and breaking it down. Victim of your own success. <laughs> uh, what is your – what is your – what is success? I, I think he means that the way that – the style that we're playing against every single team, he will go for it. Um, it gives us a chance in those 38 games, sure, and the, the success of beating those 
uh, top six teams. He, he has had it before. There's a blueprint there. Absolutely. So, yeah, victim of your own success. I can see that. Um, and fans, fans see- will want think that we, we deserve that every week. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, I think people need to realize that Saints aren't a European side. They're not going to be. Our main point at the start of the season is to stay up. Saints are not a good side. And people think that we are because we've had success and because we started, we had that period in the season where we were doing so well. People automatically assume that that's where we're going to finish. We're not that team. We're a, we're a suicidal team going high and dry, going pushing as much as we can. And like you said, victim of your own success as a chance to win every game, but there's a chance to get battered every game too. Mm. And if you go out and say we beat Liverpool again 1-0 next week, which was would, would be very very unlikely, uh, are you sure about that? Like you know, are can, what do you what, how are we going to feel then that all oh, right, well he we can't beat Brentford, but we can we can beat Liverpool. Now there's always a chance to you know if you want to if you want to beat Liverpool, uh, hell yeah, like I'll take a battering from Brentford to win, beat Liverpool. You know, it's a it's the monkey's paw idea. Well, you're going to win one of your last three games of the season, um, and but you're going to look like absolute ass for the other two. Uh, you're gonna, what do you what do you take with it? So, despite the replacements being like Everton, I don't ever want to be compared against Everton. Come on, let's never be like them. Uh, we that is that is a slap in the face because the expectations of high than the consistent mediocrity. Um, in the, in the, and what is the tailspin? And it's, it's just, it's basically a disaster movie on another scale. We're a B, you know, a C or B rated disaster movie where they are pure cannon fodder every single day this entire, or at least has been this entire year. So to me, uh, I am happy we are not Everton. I do not want to be compared against them and the thoughts of it, uh, scare me that we could even be anywhere near them more messages then uh i've got one here that actually wishes to remain anonymous i have been ralph isn't the right man for over a season i don't think he is a bad manager overall so a bigger club might work however i don't think he fits our club or the players are just fucking shit looks like he's he's lost some of the players faith and i think another manager can get more and better out of them uh, his formations, tactics and subs are poor and we always have been. We don't attack well and we never have. We don't defend well. So I've always said that I'm not bothered if he walks away. I've had to find reasons to go to games this year. I, however, think they, the club is not run well. This amazing model they talk about is not sustainable in the league and daft, really. Buy for under £10 million as a target and Simmons admit you know, we will sell Tino to Liverpool in two years' time. The fans understand this and think it's right. I think fans want to see us win a fucking cup and show some ambition for a change. It's just dull as fuck. So what do you say to that? I kind of agree with the fact, because I've said this before, that this this modern plan that, that they, they want to sign these young players for under a set set price and, and, and make success out of it, I'm not so sure it works in the current uh, Premier League. Yeah, so... I, I see what you're saying there. But then again, you know, Leicester did it. If you've watched Ted Lasso, the the anonymous person is just a eloquent version of what Roy Kent would say. So with a few with a few with a few less swear words, but uh I, I absolutely see why. The the frustrations, the there are so much to it. For every three frustrations that we go through, we have a super high that and that's what keeps you in at in fifteenth place in the season. If you're consistently shit all year long, but we aren't, we have those blips of uh, what I mean could be even just pure class. The first half of Tottenham uh, game, I have never seen uh, us play like that ever. And I mean, we were literally playing like prime Barcelona. And that's crazy to think about in that first half with so many chances. And it was just, you couldn't have dreamt it up. Um, but nice job voicing your frustrations, and I appreciate what he, whatever the um, the anonymous guys just said. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to uh, Instagram now. I got a message on Instagram from Tony Adams, uh, not the Tony Adams. Um, I'm veering towards Ralph out. He seems to have lost his way tactically, doesn't know his best eleven, and his subs or lack of them border on bizarre at times. Players look like they've lost confidence too. If he goes, he needs replacing ASAP. That being said, he'll go with good wishes from most of the fans. That's that's quite a sensible 
reply from Tony there. Yeah, absolutely. I we definitely can this tactically and, and subs pop up. But, you yeah. know, are you sure that Ralph knows his best 11? Do you think that's right? We had that best 11 there for about a month or so. And then for reasons that I can't think about going back since that's over a couple of three months now, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but he doesn't need to go immediately. I am not in the camp, and I feel 100% confident, and he should not go now. In two games at the end of the season where you make the opportunity for that transition, I wouldn't blame them whatsoever, but you can't do that now. You can't shake up. Absolutely not. You can't shake that up for consistency. You know that in the next two games, we have a shot against both of those teams. Now, is the likelihood of being able to? No, but we're going to roll the dice, and hopefully we don't hit snake eyes, but there's a chance that we can roll a six and uh, or double you know, double sixes. So I don't know. Uh, I, I, re- I really don't know, but keep voicing your opinions and the frustrations because with a Brentford 3-0 loss, that's not where we should be at. We should have been able to get, escape, you know, escape away with a 2-1 win, and then we could – anxiously say, okay, uh, what do we do next season? Are we, then we can have more of a Ralph in, Ralph out, like a, you know, a true 50, 50 battle and not where people are dominating the conversation of Ralph out and complete and completely being justified. Um, I've got a Ralph in here. Someone, uh, Hamish from Instagram has said Ralph in, um, but he needs to drop a few players and maybe sign more in the summer. Simple. Um, this is, goes back to what I said to you about like you, you keep Ralph and, let him go with this with this current squad, or do you keep Ralph and bring in some new players? Um, but this is all a big, big but. Okay, we need to get there first. We need to get to the Premier League next season, and we need to have a good transfer window. Now we don't know what that's going to look like because of the new owners. We don't know how much money they're willing to invest now. We just don't know. It's 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 all very well saying, yeah, we need we need to sign the more players, but where where do we need them? Who's going? If there's a massive clear-out, everyone's been talking about getting rid of the Deadwood. Okay, you can talk about Walcott, you can talk about Redmond, you can talk about uh, Valerie, uh, you know, the goalkeeper situation. We don't know what's going on with, with uh, Broya. Uh, is Adam Armstrong the right man to go ahead next season? What, we, 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 we don't know who we're replacing yet. But there's a lot that needs to be done in this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, seeing the model with the Sports Republic, um, I think we are Brentford on, I would not say steroids, but more like creatine. So <laughs> just a little bit extra water pushed in, a little bit extra oomph and jazz. And I think we're going to make some, uh, some probably maybe some crazy or unique signs where you could, we're going to pull somebody from the Danish league and they're going to be, they're going to come in and, you know, absolutely rock the house for those three or four games and then look like shit the rest of the year. And then we're going to sign some 19 year old wonder kid from Bosnia or something like that. And we're, we're going to find the, we're basically going to be playing football manager and having a good time with it. Um, but then I think there will be one big signing and it's going to be in a 10 position. And I think they were talking about the Shakhtar Donetsk player, T- uh, Tete. Um, I could see, I could absolutely see that come him coming in, promising a full, you know, that he's the, he's going to be the starter. Uh, he'll be starter outside of Armstrong and that you're going to flare. You're going to come in. You're going to go for it because, um, when I say Brentford, uh, Brentford on steroids, take a look at Ivan Tony is their highest cost signing, where they signed him from Peterborough for seven for seven million pounds. I think Christopher Ayer cost more than that last summer. Oh, okay. So prior so prior to the Premier League, it was uh, it was mm. it was Ivan it was Ivan Tony at seven million. So take the Ayer example. Um, yeah. So the centre back from Celtic. Um, you know who are you, who are we going to be able to go in and uh, who are we going to go in and get? And I think it's. Yeah, the right players can definitely make a difference and get rid of the deadwood. So, you know, we can get 10, 15 million pounds back and then spend 40 million and hope to get Broya in on a loan another year and that's it. I want Christian Eriksen. I want him. That would be lovely. That would, that would be, nice. be lovely. I think he wants to stay in the capital though, doesn't he? That's the thing. Uh, Tete's probably looking at this thinking, watching this Brentford game and thinking, am I, am I going there? Fuck no, I don't want to go there. <laughs> it looks like a nice place, but no, I'm not going. Um, George Burden on uh, Instagram says, uh, yeah, he's Ralph Finn too, but uh, he's trying. Uh, he's, well, he's trying to be Ralph Finn, but he's finding it harder each week, and that's pretty much where I am, George. I think the same thing. I am. Uh, I'm Ralph Finn, just, but I say I've never been closer to being Ralph out. Um, Saints News Now, um, he, he's, he's always active on Instagram. Uh, you're obviously following him. Everyone's following him. Do it. 
if you're not. Uh, he's got in touch with me and he says he's just disappointed at the current state of the club, considering Ralph is near perfect for us. Uh, our current run is inexcusable. And I think it's time to start looking for a new manager. If Ralph stays on, I can't see things changing. There we go. Nailed it. Succinct to the point. I like it. That does surprise me with him, to be honest. You know, he's, he's he, been Ralph in for a long, long, long time now. And if he fi- finally is hitting the switch, you definitely know that somebody who's really dedicated and follows it and is really invested, it's, uh, it's a lot. It's sad. It's a real sad time, isn't it? This is it. It's, mm-hmm. um, I'm worried that he's he's right that the fact that if we don't change something in the summer, then we are going to see this poor slow start again, and by then it's going to be too late, and we'll be having this same conversation again next year. Mm-hmm. If Ralph is in, then they're going to be throwing a bunch of money at him. I think, or with him, I think that he can see the writing on the wall and say, "Oh, we're actually going to be you know net neutral, or we only have 10 million to spend." Ralph is going to should be like, "Yeah, I'm done." He's like, I'm going to retire a year early. <laughs> this is Klaus Lundekvam, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay, then. Uh, still more doom and gloom. Uh, our next opponents, of course, Liverpool on Tuesday, the 17th of May. That's a quarter to eight kickoff. Um, this, Tim, is not going to be a fun one. Uh, <laughs> okay, they, they just dropped points against Spurs as well, so they need a response. And uh, the only the only good thing that I can think about this fixture is that, that you're going to be in Southampton for this one. And like you mentioned at the, st- at the top of the show, you know, we can be there. <laughs> together through it and also uh moscow mish is going to be uh in southampton for this as well so um yeah that's it other than that it's it's it's, it's going to be an embarrassing loss again um let's let's look at what our chances are and i'm going to give about a 15 percent chance that we can win the game it's that, that, that high what, really yes and i will give the benefit of the doubt because of the way the schedule lines up so let's take a look at what they're, uh, what Liverpool is doing right now. I think that our odds are higher because of the schedule and the way it lines up because I think they're going to have to rotate. Uh, you've got the FA Cup on Saturday and then you've got the Champions League coming up on the 28th and you still, I know they're still pushing for the, uh, for the lead in the Premier League, but I think the, I think they're probably, I hope I genuinely hope now Klopp is not going to be the guy who's going to let loose there, but we we always show up against the big guys, and this is our last game to uh, to 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 go for it. So we've got this pointed on bullseye, and they've got other things where they could hopefully look it over. Where you got to do an away trip midweek, and it's going to look ugly. And um, let's just get out there, scrape a win, and do the best that we can. And just wow. What what do yeah, you want to see here? Do you want to see us go for it? Do you want to see us? I mean, would you rather see us go for it and get pummeled, or would you want to see us just sit back and have nothing all game, just back passes after back pass? You know, Forster having more touches than Armstrong, and you know, what what would you rather? How how would you want to see this game unfold? So let's go and replicate what we've done <clears throat> in the past that's been successful to us. So. How did we falter against Liverpool? Well, they were, we went for it last time and we got pummeled. When we were successful at a high end club, uh, Man City, two draws, uh, which were fantastic, uh, we sat, we truly did sat, sit back and we, while we had some high progression and some good counters, that was where, um, that's where we thrived at and to be able to expose weakness here and there and uh, chances are going to be less. Uh, that's what's, it's what's worked for us. So, you know, Arsenal, our win was a five at the back. Should we take that approach a, against Liverpool and hope for it? It, it was dull. It was, mm. uh, it did not, the Arsenal game was truly dull, but we won. But, but don't so forget, it, we were coming off the back of a 6-0 hammering at home. So, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, they had to do something. Ralph did change things up and we sat back. I would rather see us do that. If it means we're going to get some points, let's do that. But then again, we tried it again the week after against Burnley and got beat. So <laughs> it is just a roll of the dice at the moment. Yeah, well, putting five at the back against Burnley was a dumb choice. Yes, of course, yeah. I'm <laughs> that was the dumbest to do it. But Ralph it was obviously choice. too scared to change that because it worked against Arsenal. He thought, well, if it works against Arsenal, we can surely do this against uh, against Burnley. Well, Arsenal could be a meme club at times, just can be a joke. And they <laughs> weren't, just weren't, weren't in. 
So to to me, to us, you know, what are we, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, I think he'll, I think he'll put Flacco at the back. I think he'll put Lianco and uh, Silisu, and I think he'll put Valerie, and we'll try to shit house our way into a into a uh, not too much of a battering. <laughs> this is what it's come to, Tim. We're just saying that you know we we hope for not too much of a battering. This is well. It. <laughs> it, it, this is this would be regardless of if we were at fifty points playing Liverpool. I mean, literally every other team should be saying, "Okay, we're going to go out. We're likely going to go out and get battered against them." Unless you're Man City or you know a top six club, which are expected or whatever it might be. Uh, I think we even if we were just fine, we just like hopefully we don't get we don't get battered by them. Okay. Right. Okay. So with with that, I'm going to ask you for your prediction, Tim. Uh, I'll say we do five at the back. I say Leonco will start. Valerie, uh, Forster will finish out the season. McCarthy will be on the bench. I think we'll do Romeo, JWP. I think then maybe it'll be like a five, two, three with Broya up top or at, and hope, I actually would prefer Adams, but I think he'll start Broya. Um, maybe they'll start, uh, last time we put a, we did a five, three, two, uh, where we put Broya and Adams up with a five at the back. We got, blasted so no chance we're going to do that again um you might see more like a redmond elianusi on the on the wings or redmond uh, armstrong on the wings um <clears throat> but i will take a 3-1 loss wow i just think they've got to approach this game as damage limitation and they just got to throw as many men back as they can i don't care if it's going to be boring they just need to get something out of this um and they need to well they need to stop liverpool winning the league for one thing but they need to keep themselves safe and they need to give the fans something to cheer about on the last game of the season i can't see it happening however i can't see us scoring and i think liverpool are going to score a hatful i can see a four nil loss and that's what i'm going with that's how bad it is for me right now i'm going four nil out that's just a terrible way to, to to end this season isn't it um but that's it um i'll get uh, the moscow mush and alex's responses shortly hi i'm matt letitiae Thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, then, uh, we'll start in extra time with the predictions. Um, we didn't record last week, of course, with the Palace game. Um, things were a little bit uh, busier than I first thought here. Uh, so, yeah, sorry, apologies for that. Um, but taking both of those into account, uh, the only mover was actually you. Well, you didn't move, actually, but you just scored points because you went for a Brentford win. Um, but the scores, the scores now are 30 to Alex, 36 to you, 41 to me. Uh, and Kevin still on 49. So, yeah, a brave uh, but nicely predicted one against Brentford there. Uh, and the Discord. So, Tony M, you, Fred and Dan all went for Brentford wins. Uh, no one went 3-0, so uh, just the two points for everyone. Um, I have actually put the league table up on the Discord, so you can check it out on there. Um, and Alex, yeah, you're still in the lead on 25 points, so uh, not long to go now. And everybody, I want to hear your Liverpool predictions in there as well. So, uh, Super Six, the, the two rounds. Uh, what round 55 was won by James Mitchell with 12 points. Round 56 was Neil Parsons on 18 points. Um, overall lead, Tom Hennigan sitting on 454. Again, not long to go now. Fantasy football, uh, Tim. Fantasy football. Where do we stand on fantasy football? I am doing very well so far. I still had the bench boost, and so with the double game week, there's a lot, a lot of moving parts going on. Uh, very happy so far with it because Connor Cody's on my bench, and he scored for, uh, Ben Foster to uh, he's got four, plus four. Um, we're looking pretty decent overall, and then let's go with the league. So. In the In That Number podcast league, we've got Why Not, Why Me, Why Not, uh, David Phillips at 2406, pushing strong there above the, wow, uh, IU and, run, IU running, uh, 2379, Magical Saints bought for Bob Brown at 2348, Crying Without Ings, good one, usually it's flying, but Crying Without Ings at 2313, uh, Nottingham Forest, Harko Sunar, 2280, rounding out the top five. Yes, um, and my team, Tim, do you know what I did this week? I made a change. I put um, Mark Cucurella in. I thought, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring him in. He's a likable character. He's going to play. Um, but I bottled it because I thought, they're playing Man United, so I'm going to put him on the bench. 
Uh, and I also put the, Brent, uh, the Brighton keeper Sanchez on the bench as well because um, Ben Foster has a double game week. So I went with Foster. Sanchez scored seven on the bench and uh, Ben Foster scored four. So I fucked up big time. And uh, yeah, I had Kyle Walker-Peters on uh, and he scored a massive one point. I did, however, have uh, Connor Cody. So, But yeah, Cucurella got me, got, got me 12 on the bench. So no points there. Just a horrible, horrible season for me, and um, I want it to end, like I said before. <laughs> oh, um, Tim, uh, we need to do our championship table. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you more time to do this, and maybe we can do this next week. Uh, a reminder, uh, if you appreciate what we do and you feel you'd like to buy us a pint, then please head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Blimey, we need a pint. The weather's getting warmer. Uh, the football season needs to come to an end now. So, yeah, it would be really, really appreciated. Um, next week, we'll be back at some point uh, to cry over the Liverpool game and, and prepare for that last game of the season against Leicester. Uh, you're in the UK, um, which is something to look forward to, I suppose. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, until next week, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Southampton. Podcast Network.